0: hi this is dominic pace from the new star wars series the mandalorian and you're listening to the jedi temple archives podcast i can bring you in warm or i can bring you in cold welcome to episode 41 of the jedi temple archives podcast there is more knowledge
1: here than anywhere else in the galaxy only members of the Jedi Console
0: are allowed access. Guarding the Holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we're recording this episode on Sunday, January 26th, 2020. We've got a special guest lined up once again today uh, to come on and talk to us a little bit about the Mandalorian Mercs fan costuming organization or the Mandalorian Mercenaries, if you prefer. Uh, And they are one of the three kind of primary fan costuming organizations uh, that are uh, kind of recognized by Lucasfilm. And uh, they've been around since about 2010, I believe. But uh, we will get to that in just a few moments. We're going to be talking to one of the local uh, clan PR our leaders, uh, Casey Steinhardt, so she'll be joining us shortly. Uh, first, I wanted to get to a couple of items of business, first being that we do still have that Rise of the Resistance mug, uh, travel mug giveaway that we're doing for January. We're getting a lot of good uh, good response to that. We've got a lot of people who are either retweeting that link out on Twitter uh, or sharing it out on Facebook or Instagram, so if you have not already done that, definitely go out to uh, our social media at JTA Podcast on any of those three sites, uh, both uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find that post, and if you retweet or share that and then comment on the post itself, that will get you entered to win that travel tumbler for Rise of the Resistance. Uh, It's really nice, uh, really good size, and something that definitely will be a nice little uh, piece of your collection. So hopefully you go check that out. Uh, Again, If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend. Uh, That is the number one way that we are going to grow the podcast. And we have been growing. It's been very encouraging. Uh, Really looking forward to uh, some of the content we have coming up next week. We're going to be doing a show with uh, Pat and Charles from Conversations. Uh, So definitely tune in to check that out. And uh, we've got some other guests that are going to be lined up here for the remainder of January and into February, as well as a lot of really cool topics. Uh, So definitely uh, stay tuned for all that. You wanted to speak with me? I've got something to show you. What's this about? A lightsaber? Uh, not just any lightsaber. It can't be. So you recognize it? That I do. It is the Darksaber, a symbol for the leader of House Visla, and later the group known as Death Watch. I didn't know Mandalorians developed a type of lightsaber. We didn't. This was one of a kind. Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. After his passing, the Jedi kept the saber in their temple. That was until members of House Visla snuck in and liberated it. They used the saber to unify the people and strike down those who would oppose them. One time, they ruled all of Mandalore wielding this blade. All right, so we are back, and uh, our guest this week is Casey Steinhardt from the Mandalorian Mercs of Michigan. Uh, They're actually called the Tracor Clan. And uh, the Mandalorian Mercs, as I mentioned earlier, they are a fan costuming organization. They are recognized by Lucasfilm, and uh, they are a group of of men and women that just make some incredible Mandalorian uh, armor. And they have a lot that they do with, uh, with charity and with a lot of different events that go on and so I'm very excited to be talking with Casey. I met you guys at the Grand Rapids Comic-Con back in November uh, and talked to you a little bit there, but thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks
0: for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, so really, before we get going on the actual discussion about the Mandalorian mercs and kind of uh, who you guys are, what you do, uh, I'm going to put you through the Jedi trials. And I know there's only been one Mandalorian accepted into the Jedi Order at this point. It's been uh, Tar Vizla, So uh, a lot of great backstory there with the Darksaber. But uh, the first question I've got for you is, what is your favorite movie or show? Star Wars related.
1: Um, so favorite movie would definitely be, um, Empire Strikes Back. And I mean, I never really got into the TV shows all that much. Like I'm actually just watching the Clone Wars for the first time ever here because of Disney plus I actually have access to it now, but obviously the Mandalorian is way high up there as well. So, um, it's probably the best TV show I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I had a sneaking suspicion that might make your list.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty high up there for sure.
0: <laughs> uh definitely a nice payoff for all the time and effort you put into the uh the Mandalorian lifestyle, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Right. It's been a, it's been a long time coming and we we really like um you know, there there were a lot of very happy mandos when we even heard that the show was happening and then when it came out, I mean, we were all but dancing in the, sh- in the streets, you know? <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, they're definitely, you guys, uh, the Mandalorian Mercs definitely had a great contingent at Star Wars Celebration Chicago this past year. And uh, they definitely got highlighted when they were doing the Mandalorian panel. So uh, it was really cool to see all those Mandos out in the crowd.
1: Yeah, I was actually there. I oh, was in nice. that, that big bunch of Mandos. So, nice. Yeah.
0: That had to be quite an experience.
1: Yeah, that was probably one of the most amazing things I've ever done. Just being with all those people with this same passion for this group of characters. And I mean, it was just being among those people. It was electric. I'm not like the most excitable person on the planet. (laughs) And I was just like, this is freaking great. Oh my God. You know? So it was, it was, yeah, it was just the most incredible thing. And I am so glad that I got to, uh, to participate in that.
0: Yeah. That had to be total life event. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take you into the next question here. So what is your favorite star Wars character? And this may be, this may be a little bit slanted, right?
1: Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously I'm a big Boba Fett fan, have been for years. Um, but honestly, one of my favorite characters is Wedge Antilles. Um, couldn't really tell you why he's just, he's very, I don't know. He's just one of those characters that I find very interesting, especially if you read some of the stuff in the expanded universe and the novels and stuff. He does some really cool things and I just like him as a character. He's kind of just just a minor, you know, just a minor character, but he's one of my favorites. I also love Obi-Wan Kenobi too. So
0: yeah. yeah, all great picks and I've got to give you props for for uh, Wedge Antilles because I've always felt like he was totally underrated uh, in the films. He's, you know, one of the few non-main characters that makes it through all three films. We yeah. got to see him in Rise of Skywalker, which I thought was a great little cameo. Um, and like you said, I was a big fan of the expanded universe, all the books and everything that they had out. And they definitely do a lot more within the expanded universe to kind of build out his character. And, um, you know, you, you look at someone like Luke Skywalker and how much you appreciate him, but he has all these enhanced abilities and, and Wedge was just a great pilot, a great soldier and, uh, uh, agree totally, uh, totally underrated.
1: Yep. I agree completely.
0: Awesome. Um, so what is your favorite star Wars droid? Ooh,
1: I would almost have to say K2SO. (laughs) Um, For one thing, he's voiced by Alan Tudyk, and I love that man to death. Um, But he's also just he's very like the whole snarky, like sarcasm thing in a droid, I think is great. And uh, it just it made me laugh. And just the whole deadpan, you know, humor behind it. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's He'd definitely be my top choice for
0: that yeah we could totally bond over that because i feel the exact same way it's always easy to go with you know the the nostalgic favorites like an r2d2 um but especially and one of the great things about rogue one is that they take these characters that you really have no backstory on and by the end of that film you actually care that they're not making it through the film um, yeah. which i think is no small feat but certainly star wars and droids has always been a great combination and uh, alan tudyk it's hard to go wrong with alan tudyk for sure. <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite Star Wars show or collectible? I'm Ooh. sorry, not show, toy or collectible? So
1: I'm I'm not a big collector. I'm like the only person that I know <laughs> that is not a collector really of anything when it comes to Star Wars. Um, now, I will say I have kind of gotten into the Funko Pops a little bit, mm-hmm. um, mostly because of The Mandalorian. They released the first one, uh, the first four or five or whatever it was that they first came out with. And I was like, well, okay, I've got to have that because <laughs> you just have to. Right. And, um, I actually just bought the next two Mandalorian Funkos that came out not that long ago. Um, but I'm going to try to draw the line <laughs> right I there. Have a, I have, I have friends that have rooms full of Funkos and I was like, I can't afford that. I can't do it. I don't have money or space, but, um, that those are probably the only thing that I would say that I collect, but I'm not, a, I'm not a huge collector. It's just not my thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, but. if you're putting your time into something like the Mandalorian Mercs, I've got to believe that's a pretty big time commitment on top of everything in your day-to-day life as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of its own, its own little addiction, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I can totally relate to you on the Funko Pops. They're totally a slippery slope. I avoided them. Uh, my wife finally got me a, a DJ Rex when we were out at uh, Disneyland uh, Galaxy's Edge. And I was like, I don't think you should do that. It's going to be a problem. And, of course, now I've got a handful of them, including some of the stuff from The Mandalorian. I want to find The uh, the Mandalorian on the Blurg, I think, would be a great yeah. one to have. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, last question. Uh, favorite Star Wars memory? Star
1: Wars memory. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the whole thing with um, Star Wars. Well, actually, Star Wars Celebration Chicago in general. I was there all week and it was um, I was there with the Mercs. I actually worked at the Mercs booth for a couple days and it was really cool to meet all these people I've only met online. You know, like, hey, I, I love this Merc. I know them by their armor and that's about it. You know, it was nice to actually finally meet some of them and talk to them and just be surrounded by Star Wars, basically 24 seven.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then obviously like the, the cherry on top of that was the, the Mandalorian panel and being in there for all of that. So that's, that would definitely be my, my top Star Wars memory for sure.
0: Yeah. And you could just, I mean, you're right. It was a totally electric environment. Um, it was a long time coming for the Mandalorian mercs to kind of get, get their share of the spotlight and totally understandable. I mean, Boba Fett being really kind of a secondary character in most of the original trilogies, uh, to the point where, you know, other than a handful of scenes really in, in, uh, Empire Strikes Back, he wasn't really highlighted, um, to any great extent. And then that little bit at the, at the beginning of, uh, Return of the Jedi, but we certainly get a little bit more of him and, and Jango Fett in the prequels. Um, but, to actually have a series that is focused around a Mandalorian character and, and someone who was actually recognized as a Mandalorian by um, that Mandalorian uh, community, uh, whereas Boba Fett and Jango Fett really weren't, it just you could just tell how thrilled everyone was, you know, pumping the helmets in the air and uh, getting yep. the call outs from the stage, I thought was just amazing. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for our Jedi trials. As per usual, you pass the flying colors. So uh, now, Tarvisla and Casey Steinhardt are the only two Mandalorians ever to be inducted into the Jedi Order. So that's a um, right. rare company indeed. For sure. Right. But uh, we'll get on now to uh, talking a little bit about the Mandal- Mandalorian mercs as an organization, or the Mandalorian mercenaries. Uh, for certainly, uh, it's it's divided up into subgroups depending on kind of region and and. Uh, the amount of membership each one has, but uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how things got started in the Michigan area for the Traycor Clan?
1: So, uh, um, 2020 is actually Traycor's 10 year anniversary as a clan. We started off in, I think it was actually like 2009 when a couple of people kind of got together and we're like, "Hey, we want to do this," but we didn't actually become a "quote unquote" clan until um, until 2010. And uh, at that point in time, it was called Superade Clan, which is Mandoa for children of the lake or lake children. or yeah, certainly appropriate
0: for Michigan, right?
1: Exactly. And um, I don't think they ever got more than eight or ten members at their largest at the time. When I started getting involved in the Mercs in 2015, mm-hmm. I think it was. There were, I think, maybe three or four members, and that was it. We'd had a couple retire, a um, couple just kind of lose interest. You know, it happens, any kind of club, that type sure. of thing happens. And me and there's maybe four other people, we all kind of started that year, and all at once we all got approved in the, in the Mercs, I think in a span of like a week and a half from each other wow. <laughs> or something. Um, and since then... We now have 33 members in Michigan, I believe.
0: Yeah, slight uptick um, in the last uh, probably six six months to a year, I'm guessing.
1: Well, we, uh, no, no, yeah. actually, um, we've, uh, we had just a couple of years of just explosive growth. There was one, one year, I think we got like two or excuse me, 10 um, new members in a year, which is huge. We actually got an award from the Mercs for, um, uh, biggest, uh, it's like biggest clan growth or, you know, most clan growth, whatever sure. in a year. And, um, you know, so we're three or four times bigger than we've ever been. And, um, and we just keep growing. We've got probably 10 or 12 people that I know of, um, that are currently working on armor and stuff. So we could, I mean, we could hit 40, 50 members here really quickly. Um, and those guys are definitely directly from the Mandalorian, we've had a couple of people who are like, I've always loved Boba Fett. And then I watched the Mandalorian and that just put me over the edge, you yeah. know? So you've had these people that have been kind of lurking on the fringes for a while and that the Mandalorian just kind of, you know, gave them that final incentive to really do something about it.
0: Yeah. And that makes total sense. I mean, it's certainly one of the things about the Mandalorian uh, is the armor. I mean, the fact that not only is it very uh, reminiscent of kind of like a Spartan helm, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just so imposing. It's, it's always cool to consider the fact that the Mandalorians were really kind of one of the prime opponents of the Jedi. And, and it was mainly because of all of the weaponry that they had that specialized in dealing with uh force wielders all the uh you know the, the grapples and uh the rocket launcher and um you know all the different wrist arts and everything that they would employ uh was to deal with with people with force abilities and it's one of the reasons why they were so uh, effective at kind of capturing jedi so uh or defeating jedi in battle so It's just kind of that, um, it's got a little bit of that Batman flair in terms of all the utilities and uh, certainly a really cool looking armor. The helms are always very cool. And the fact that, uh, you know, I've talked in the past and we did a show on the 501st and the 501st is, is clearly got uh, very strict regulations for each type of character based on the fact that they want it to be movie accurate. And I know that the Mercs have their own set of requirements, but there does seem to be a lot more flexibility with you guys in the sense that uh, color schemes and different pieces of armor and, and kind of customizing things to give a certain look. Uh, are a lot more embraced, I guess, with the, with the Mandalorian marks.
1: Right. Well, Well. and um, like I said with the 501st and uh, Rebel Legion, both they do primarily canon characters. Um, the 501st really doesn't have a lot of space for custom characters ac- across the board. The Rebel Legion lets you do like custom Jedi and sure. stuff. Um, and then if you want to get into like custom Sith, you have to get into the, the dark empire as far as costuming, but Yes, the 501st has very, very strict standards um, as far as, you know, like you said, movie accuracy, and um, you do have to kind of pick a specific character. Now, some of those, it's like, okay, it's a Stormtrooper. It's not a quote-unquote specific character because there's a million of them. But, um, you know, it's still, it's a Stormtrooper, and there are variations of Stormtroopers for sure, but they have a very... Uh, I don't want to say pigeonhole that's got kind of a negative connotation to it, but they are very, they have, they have a box and they have to stay very much in that box. Right. And the Mercs, um, and I know this is what something that drew me to the Mercs is uh, they are very much, it's not so much. We are, we are Boba Fett. We are Django Fett, Sabine, you know, all both bo Tan, all those people, we are the culture, you know, we're so, anybody can be a Mandalorian. And, and as you see in the Mandalorian show, which is something we have not seen in Canon until now, right. you have all of these custom paint jobs that, and, and you can assume that Django Fett and Boba Fett were also, you know, custom for the, for the most part. For sure. Um, but you, you didn't see it. Those are the only two examples you had. So it's very much, I'm a Mandalorian and I want to paint my armor this color because I can, And there are, um, I think it's in the Republic commando novels, maybe that they, they do talk about some colors having certain meaning Mm -hmm. when it comes to Mandalorian culture. I don't know what all of them are right off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I personally don't follow any of them. I just was like, I like black armor. And so that's what I did. Now black does have a meaning, but I can't remember what it is. Um, but it wasn't, that's not why I painted my armor that color, but as long as you stay, we do have our own set of rules and they are very, very strict. I mean, they are very, like you have to follow these certain things, but when it comes to color and customization too, you do have a lot more flexibility and there are limitations to that. You can't have, you know, a a pink sparkly Mando, you know, that's not, there's no Barbie Mando, (laughs) no Barbie Mando. No. Um, We we have had a couple people that tried, and we had to say, you know, sorry, but no. Um, Because it is, you want it to be in-universe. Sure. You know, um, like you said, the 501st wants it to be movie quality. So do we. We want to be able to look like we walked off a movie set. We're just not a character that you see. You know, you can't watch a movie and be like, oh, that's that character. Right. You're not going to see any of us that way. But that's still the idea. But that is something that people really like about the merch. They're like, I love Boba Fett but i want my armor to be purple or blue or yellow or you know whatever right and and you can do that
0: yeah i, and that- I-
1: it's really cool to a lot of
0: people. Yeah, I love the fact that, you know, within the Mandalorian, they've now introduced kind of like the heavy Merc, right? The heavy yep. the heavier armor um, that uh, Jon Favreau's character was using, and uh, so now we're getting different flavors of it, and I know that, you know, from seeing you guys at some of the conventions and um, you know, just be, being someone who's been familiar with the Mandalorian Mercs for a while, there are all different variations of the armor, um, and it's nice because different people have different body styles and different uh, different types of armor tend to go better uh with different builds right so if you're a bigger person to have that heavy mando option uh to go with where you could really make yourself look imposing is great and kind of anything under the under the sun regarding what you want your character to look like exactly yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the type of events that you guys typically do. I know that, you know, certainly you you make it to some of the cons and you make it to uh, other different events, but you guys are also doing charity work as well, correct?
1: Yeah. Um, t- the uh, So the Mercs were kind of founded at first just as a bunch of people that wanted to make Mando costumes. And that was that was basically it. And then at some point I did don't know what year exactly, but at some point they decided to start a charity. But um, now, these days, it's called Little Warriors International, and it is a Merck's founded charity, and it's very similar to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, Toys for Tots yeah. or something like that. It's it's that same kind of thing where they, uh, they take donations, they buy things for kids in need, especially around the holidays, um, but they also can shift focus if they need to and you know we can send money to you know um places where they've had you know natural disasters earthquakes hurricanes all that stuff um if we want to we can you know redirect that money to do things like disaster relief so trade Corps clan has we do at some of the bigger events like grand rapids comic-con uh, we do like a bounty hunt and, you know, people pay, we go, you know, we chase them, or not chase them. Cause we're not supposed to run anywhere and you can't <laughs> run in armor anyway. It's a bad idea. Um, but we find you know we find them in the in the convention hall and we take them and we throw them in jail and we get their pictures, you know they get their picture taken in jail and all that stuff and you know we use that and sometimes we'll send it to Little Warriors but we can also send that to any charity we choose but yeah a lot of people they you know they'll choose Make a Wish or um, something else to do with the American Cancer Society uh, we do we've done events for charity walks for Alzheimer's, stuff like that. We're just getting into where we do uh, like the children's hospital visits. The 501st has been doing those for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're just kind of starting to um, be able to also participate in stuff like that, which is, I mean, there's no charity there, obviously, but, you know, you're going and you're making, you know, these kids who are in the hospital with, you know, terminal illness and stuff. Um, you know, going and making them smile, meeting characters from Star Wars, you know, and that's that's pretty rewarding in and of itself. You yeah, know? I would
0: certainly consider that charity. I mean, it's a it's a donation of your time and and yeah. uh, something that you guys love to do to put a smile on a kid's face. And as per usual, I mean, certainly the Mandalorian has now made us see that you guys are certainly uh, always concerned about the Foundlings. So it looks like you're yep. taking a, taking very good care of all of them out there. For sure. Yeah, that is, uh, it's really cool to hear. And I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I love about Star Wars is that uh, a lot of different fans, a lot of people that have been around it for a long time, and everyone kind of has their own special way to give back um, when you get to the point where you're ready to, to do that. And uh, I talk with a lot of podcasters and and they just love putting their shows out there because it's a way for them to express how much they appreciate the Star Wars universe and share that with people. And uh, I just love the the costuming organizations and the things that you guys do to get out there and kind of share your love of Star Wars and these characters with uh, with people out there in the community, and it's certainly going to inspire them to to potentially pass that on at some point in their future. Right now, one of the one of the things I talked to you guys about a little bit when uh, I met up with you at Grand Rapids Comic Con is, I mean, certainly the Mandalorian mercs has a lot of appeal to me. I had signed up and and joined your forum uh, and I would love to, to get into doing some armor builds and uh, potentially join at some point. But uh, one of the things that you guys had talked to me about at Grand Rapids Comic Con was the fact that you guys occasionally will do build parties as well, which um, certainly uh, building a set of Mandalorian armor is kind of an intimidating thing to consider. Uh, and it sounds like those build parties are a really great way to kind of both grow the community as well as to, uh, to help, some of the newer members kind of figure out how to go about putting that armor together.
1: Oh, for sure. The the thing with armor and I'm just going to put this out there is it does look really intimidating. Um, This is not just for you, but kind of for anybody. Like you can see some of these costumes that these people do. And I felt this way myself when I first started and it looks so complicated and it looks like it would be extraordinarily difficult. And it's really not. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's a lot of time and there's a lot of work into it, but it's really not that hard. the the hardest part is like, is like the time and the effort more than anything. But yeah, the, the, uh, we call them armor parties and we typically host them at somebody's house or sometimes people will have like a workspace that they can kind of donate the time to. But we, you know, they're open to anybody who is, you know, is even remotely interested in building. You could not even have a plan yet and you're still welcome to come. Um, they're a really good way for people to see, how the armor's made from the ground up because, you know, we've had people say, Oh yeah. You know, what's your armor made out of? Oh, well, it's just this PVC thermoplastic. And they're like, no, it's not. It's like, I swear it literally comes, <laughs> this armor started off as a three by five sheet of flat white plastic. I'm not kidding, <laughs> you know, and um, it's just kind of good for people to see, people tracing the templates on there and how it's, how it's formed using heat and all that stuff. And then different painting techniques. There's, everybody's got their thing they like to do for weathering, especially to get all those paint chips and stuff in there. You know, everybody's got the thing they like most. Some people like to use actual uh, like latex masking fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people use toothpaste. I've heard of other people using mustard and and just, you know, rock salt. (laughs) I mean, it's, Everybody has their thing. The problem with mustard, just as a as a disclaimer, is that if you're putting it on something white, sometimes it stains things yellow. So just, <laughs> just you know, be careful. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good place for somebody who's just starting out to kind of see what everything's about, how to get started, meet some of the people like actually in person. There's so many people that you meet them online, or the first time you contact them is you know through the internet. And you've never actually spoken to them. You don't even know what they look like until, you know, an event or one of these armor parties. And it's just nice to put, you know, faces with names. And a lot of the armor parties, we usually have one of the clan officers, at least one of the clan officers present. So you get to see them and you can talk to them about stuff as far as, you know, how some of the events and stuff are run and just get to know people. And like you said, kind of Grow that sense of community. We are very much a family. I like. I am so proud of our clan. We have very little drama. There are there's no like blood feuds or anything crazy going on as far as you know people hating each other's guts. That we have there are other clans in the club that you do hear just about constant infighting and people backstabbing each other and it's it's brutal in some spots and I'm like man we are blessed. We have such a good group of people, and um, they're all extraordinarily helpful. Uh, we have—they're very talented. We have some extraordinary builders in Clan, and any one of them would be more than happy to donate their time. Or even we have five or six people that have 3D printers in Clan, and they're like, "Oh, oh wow. yeah, just buy the filament, I'll print it for you."
0: That's crazy. You know,
1: which is, you know, that's awesome because that's not something that just anybody would usually do but with the armor parties we try to uh we typically only do them in these like spring through the fall just because of you know we're in michigan and it snows right and it's hard to do like it's hard to paint like you spray paint when it's you know zero degrees outside um and when you're like heat forming the the plastic for the armor and stuff it does give off noxious fumes so it's better to do it in a well ventilated area if you can um You know, and so it just makes it easier to do stuff when you can just sit outside and the weather's nice and, you know, we get pizza and we all just kind of hang out and, you know, and and it's fun. It's a good
0: time. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it would be a good time.
1: Yeah, so we try to do, we try to do two a month, one east side, like um, Detroit-ish area and one over here in Grand Rapids because the clan's kind of evenly split between those two sides of the state. So we try to make sure everybody's covered.
0: Yeah. And I will say that, I mean, if you're at all interested in checking it out, please go out and sign up for the forums. Uh, I did notice that uh, they have templates out there for the armor itself. And uh, my understanding of it is, is typically in the earlier phases, you're just really tracing out the patterns onto paper and then working to kind of get it positioned properly. Um, So it's something that you can, you know, you can work with whatever your local clan is. Uh, since this is going to be listened to by people really all across the United States and and in some cases all around the world that uh, figure out who your local clan is um, and they they should be able to help you with proper positioning of all these template pieces and then that's when you really kind of start getting into uh, some of the heat forming and and determination of exactly what material you want to make it out of so it is kind of nice that um, you know early on in the process just when you're getting all those layouts done it is typically just going to be paper uh, not really a lot of, uh, of money risk in terms of trying to get that initial template built out. For sure. Very cool. So, uh, I mean, for you personally, what do you think are some of the big benefits of, of being part of the the Mandalorian Mercs? I mean, what are the parts about it that you find the most rewarding?
1: So one of the things that I, I love about doing Merc stuff is going to events, whether it's a Comic-Con of some kind, or we do a lot of sporting events you know, like the, the White Caps and like the Grand Rapids Griffins and some of those guys, um, they all have Star Wars nights. And we go and we hang out there and take pictures with people. But seeing kids, like seeing the faces that kids make when like they walk around the corner and they see you standing there and you're in full armor, you know, most of the time it's excitement or awe. Every once in a while you get one that cries and that's not okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then, you know, if we have a kid that cries, you know, we'll usually take off our helmet and say, look, I'm just a kid. I'm just a person just like you, you know, it's, it's okay. But, uh, but seeing these kids get so excited and just this sense of wonder that you see on their faces. And sometimes you also see it on their parents' faces. I've seen a lot of people just, oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You guys rock, you know, it's, and like seeing that is, what makes it all worth it? Because I will say this, wearing that armor, like it's fun to make, Mm -hmm. not always fun to wear. (laughs) So, um, like it's, you kind of put yourself through a little bit, a little bit of torture, a little bit, but it's so worth it to see that type of reaction from, from anybody really. Um, I won't, I won't just, you know, specify kids. It could be anyone.
0: Yeah. I know. I know. I've been one of the people that kind of is like, Oh my God, that looks so awesome. I'm sure they're all, uh, they're all liquid cooled. Right. I mean, they're probably completely cool to wear and uh, never uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I know they, they can get real warm really fast. That is one thing that you know we have to really kind of stay stay on, especially when it gets warm outside. In the in the cooler months, it's not too bad. You can just kind of walk outside for a second, cool off, and walk back in. But you know we do have to make sure that people drink enough water, and that, and we tell people you got to go like sit down somewhere, do it. Like don't feel pressured to stay, you know, tough it out, because we would rather you not fall over in front of a bunch of people and you know hurt yourself or (laughs) somebody else or god forbid hurt your armor like that's that's the big thing that everybody's (laughs) concerned about like don't break your armor but uh i i marched in a fourth of july parade here two years ago i think and it was 90 some degrees it was a big mistake on my part um (laughs) Uh, my, actually, actually my Velcro melted off my, my plates that held them on my vest. So it was, I was like, I got home. I was like, okay, we're not doing that again.
0: Yeah. That sounds like it'd be exp- uh, a, a bit of time to get that all fixed.
1: Well, and it wasn't just that. It was like, I was, I came very close to giving myself a heat stroke. And, you know, so it was, you know, it was like, okay, note to self, that's a bad idea. We're going to do something like that. Wear a different costume.
0: Exactly. So, we're, we're One of the winter parades, right?
1: Yeah right exactly. We actually did march in the Santa Parade uh, here in Grand Rapids in November before Thanksgiving. That was it was not hot, but it was freezing. I'm not sure which is worse. To right. be completely honest with you, um, there was a lot of dancing happening because the Mando's are trying to stay warm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I mean, they're not exactly comfortable, but you can also make them comfortable too. There are ways to do it. You just have to think about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. I I do have to say, I I love your clan name. Um, My understanding is that it's basically a reference to kind of an aquatic cousin of the Rancor. That's that is correct. Yeah, that's very cool. So, um, you know, certainly uh, a cool logo, cool name. Everyone that I met uh, from Tricor clan there at Grand Rapids Comic Con was great. And it was kind of cool to see that, you know, you guys were all kind of uh, mingling together with the 501st and the members of the Rebel Legion. So it does look like, you know, that uh, brother and sisterhood extends across those lines between the different organizations as well.
1: Yeah. And that's something that we try very hard to um try to foster, you know, um, because there there are people that, you know, you've got there's one, you know, in every group of, you know, whatever your hobby is, there's always somebody that likes to make things difficult. And you do get people that try to, you know, start bad mouthing the other clubs and stuff. It's like, you know what, just just no, that's not what we do here. You know, we're we're all in this together. We're all fans. We're all doing this for, you know, doing it for the kids, you know, type thing. And, you know, just we really try to stomp out that kind of negativity. And stuff. There's there's enough negativity in the Star Wars community at, at large, you know. You and, beat um, me
0: to it. I was just gonna say the same <laughs> thing. I mean, we we deal with it in the podcaster community as well, and um, very fortunate that uh, a lot of the podcasts that we work with are, are very positive and very much about you know working together as opposed to working against each other.
1: It is something that we try really hard, and um, and and, and uh, you actually there are people that actively work against it. Um, that we've discovered within the Star Wars community the costuming community there are people that actively try to like sow discord between clubs which is baffling to me but they they are out there and yeah. um and unfortunately you know it's kind of a battle sometimes to you know,
0: undo what they do every once in a while. Right. So it is great to hear though, that, uh, it sounds like at least the group that you guys have within, uh, within Trey here in Michigan is such a great family and, and you guys are also committed to making it a positive experience. And, uh, it definitely is something that should be applauded. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your Sunday to come on and talk to me about the organization. And uh, is there anything that you would like to tell the listeners in terms of maybe upcoming events or, Uh, anything related to how they might want to get involved with uh, with the Mandalorian marks?
1: Well, as far as upcoming events, we've got a couple here. Um, We're going to be at Byron Rec Comic Con, uh, which is February 8th. That's in Byron Center. Um, And then that same weekend, there's uh, we're also going to be floating around Astronomicon. Um, And I believe there's a couple of us going to um, it's the Is it the Battle Creek Rumblebees, Hmm. which is the best hockey team name I have ever heard in my life? That is great. Um, They uh, they are doing a Star Wars night, and I believe we've got a few members that are planning on attending that as well. So if you want to get involved with the Mercs, um, you can always find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash michiganmerks. You can message us and kind of redirect you to the Mercs forum. That's the official Mercs page. It's where all of the administrative stuff is done. That's how you apply to uh, get your costume approved. That's where all the costume requirements list is, uh, templates for your armor. Uh, there's a photo gallery, so you can see other people's armor and what they've done. Um, that's where we like to do everything as far as working on your build, and that website is mandalorianmercs.org. If you forget input.com, it, it should redirect you to the actual site, so it shouldn't be a big deal. Once you get on there, if you are looking for Tracor clan, specifically here in Michigan, there is a clan locator thing on there. Thing it's a super technical term. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you should be able to find us on there. If you're not in Michigan, you should be able to still find whatever clan you would belong to. It, that whole listing is there, and it will take you right to whatever clan page it is that you, uh, that you need to get to. Um, as far as trade course page you know we have a welcome thread for anybody who's new Uh, you pop in there say hi ask any questions you might have i know there's no such thing as a dumb question you know we'd rather you ask than you know waste time and money on something that you can't you can't use for your costume so yeah find us on facebook find us on the mercs forum pop in say hi we'd love to have you
0: yeah it sounds like uh you guys might be able to give some advice on how to get a second or third mortgage to uh to fund (laughs) your your armor making hobby too right
1: yeah, I'm sure we actually do have one or two accountants in Clan and a couple other, you know financially minded people so I'm sure we'd be able to figure something out for you if you have to finance your build in some
0: way right which uh, I'm sure I'm sure uh, just like anything if you really want to go overboard uh that uh that it's possible to really rack up some expenses and putting together some Mandalorian armor so uh Casey I really appreciate you taking the time out and coming on uh super interesting stuff and I know for me personally I have got to put my uh welcome post out there on the forum so I will get on that right away and I'm sure I'll be talking to you guys sooner rather than later
1: all right sounds good
0: terrific thanks so much for coming on
1: yeah no problem thanks for having me
0: yep. have a great day you too you are free to use any methods necessary but i want
1: them alive no disintegrations as you wish
0: are you interested in taking a trip to the planet of Batuu in the ultra immersive world of star wars galaxy's edge at either the walt disney world resort or the disneyland resort if so, the one thing that I can tell you from personal experience is that planning any Disney vacation can be completely overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas at Lucas Family Travel. Casey can help you to select the perfect resort, book your fast passes, your dining reservations, including those hard-to-get Oga's Cantina reservations, and even recommend the perfect time to visit based on the historical crowd levels. And the best part is that all of these services are completely free to you and included as part of your Disney vacation package. So visit lucasfamilytravel.com today to book your vacation package and enter the promo code JTA podcast in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. Again, that's lucasfamilytravel.com to book your trip today. And as they say on Batu, may the spires keep you. All right, once again, big thank you to Casey Lucas and Lucas Family Travel for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, Casey is actually a member of the Mandalorian Mercs as well, so it's a good fit for the show. And uh, in that regard, I do want to point out there was some interesting news this week, and we're going to get into the Hollandette news right now, which is uh, the first story being that Disneyland has now announced that they are going to be doing uh, an after-hour Star Wars night, which is going to celebrate the Twin Moons Eclipse Day in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, It's to be a separate admission ticket uh, out at disneyland for disneyland after dark it's going to take place on august 27th just as the star wars celebration fan convention is kicking off out there at the anaheim convention center uh, so it's going to be a pretty crazy night i've got to believe uh, there's going to be a lot of hardcore star wars fans in town for that convention and i believe those tickets are going to uh, run about 109 dollars which is the typical price for their after dark events, but they have not officially gone on sale yet. They have not officially had the prices announced. So we will see how that all shakes out. Typically those events run until midnight or 1am. But uh, with Star Wars Celebration going on at the same time, basically right across the street, I think it's going to be kind of uh, something where we're going to have to wait and see how that story develops uh, as they may be doing something special, uh, given that they've got Star Wars Celebration out there. So that is our our first news story of the week. Uh, The second news story of the week I've got is that um, there had been some rumors uh, about a week, week and a half ago that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus was potentially going to uh, lose Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. That all came from a, a Basically, parody account uh, online, and it is not actual news. However, what is news is that it is looking like that series is going to be delayed. They were originally going to start filming, I believe, this July, uh, but they are going to be doing some rewrites of the script. They kind of wanted to move it away from kind of a parallel to the Mandalorian, in the sense that uh, you know Obi Wan was going to be kind of watching over Luke Skywalker, and you've already got kind of that same dynamic going on with the Mandalorian itself. So um, not that he's looking uh, over Luke Skywalker, but obviously the child, uh, baby Yoda, whatever you want to call him. So uh, it looks like there's going to be some delays on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. It has also been rumored that it may be as few as four episodes. So we will wait and see how that all shakes out. Uh, We've still got the Cassian Andor series that is coming. And then the next item that is going to be coming far sooner, which is our final news story of the week, is that uh, Clone Wars Season 7, hashtag Clone Wars Saved, is going to be coming out on February 17th. And that also ties in really well with this episode where we got a chance to talk to the Treykor Clan uh, and our local group of Mandalorian Mercs because this season of of Clone Wars, and if you have not gone out and watched Clone Wars, please listen to our episode on why you should and need to watch the Clone Wars. And uh, this is really going to be kind of a series that are a season of the Clone Wars that ties in very closely with episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, We may even see some things within this season that are events from that film uh, because these all tie in so closely together. It has heavily to do with the Siege of Mandalore, which is kind of one of the last major battles that took place during the Clone Wars. And uh, there's going to be, uh, you know, Ahsoka is going to be coming back. So if you're an Ahsoka fan, definitely worth tuning in for that. Uh, But it's really going to kind of uh, bring together the Clone Wars series and episode three, Revenge of the Sith, very closely and tightly. And it's also going to feed into some of the stuff you see in Star Wars Rebels. So uh, I would highly recommend you go out and check that out. I know I'm going to be waiting and watching each of those episodes as soon as it comes out. And uh, it's going to be really entertaining. I think this is going to be one of the best seasons of, of uh, the Clone Wars yet. And certainly the uh, animation that they're using looks incredible. So totally worth checking out. Um, again, I will leave you guys this week with just one more reminder. Go out there on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest find the post for our at JTA podcast account on each of those uh, social media platforms. And if you either retweet or share that post and leave a comment that will get you entered to win that rise of the resistance, travel tumbler or travel mug that I mentioned earlier in the show. And uh, it's going to be a really nice piece to have. So uh, definitely go do that. Uh, please. Again, if you enjoyed this podcast, tell a friend, uh, spread the word, get it out there. And we're going to be able to grow this podcast. And as we grow, we're going to be able to do more and more things for for our listeners. Um, And certainly if you ever have thoughts about topics that you'd like to hear, or if you just want to touch base with us to touch, talk star Wars, you can reach us on our social media, typically on Twitter uh, at JTA podcast, but also on our email at JTA podcast at gmail.com. And certainly you can find all of our episodes on our website at JTA podcast.com. So that being said, uh, we're going to be back next week with another episode. Again, we're going to have some guests from conversations on Charles and Pat really looking forward to that. They're, Uh, Great guys. A lot of fun. And uh, hopefully you guys all have a wonderful week. And may the force be with you always.